Welcome to the South Coast Christian Podcast. I'm Pastor Tom Westerfield. On behalf of myself and our entire staff, we want to thank you for listening, and we hope this message uplifts and encourages you this week. Good morning, church. How are we doing? Well, here we are. You know, let's have a good time while we're here, right? Um, God is so good. Amen? Before, I got, I got a lot to say, and I got some things that I hope will help you and bless you, and, and maybe even we might learn something new together today, which would be great. If we don't, that's cool too. Uh, God will bless us either way. Amen? Uh, but before I get started, I want to say a big thanks to my parents, uh, Pastor Tom and Annette, for letting me preach. Uh, but more so, yeah, go ahead. Give it up for them. But more so, I want to thank you uh, for the past, what, eight and a half years that you guys have pastored this church faithfully, um, that you've loved on everyone that's come through the doors, that you've made um, some decisions that are, have been tough. And as pastors know, in COVID, there's always a decision that's wrong for somebody. And so I just, I just am so thankful for you guys' steadfastness and your, and your love and your example, um, which is the only reason I'm able to be up here and do something like this. So thank you so much. Give it up again for my parents. They're awesome. I love them. All right, now before we get into today's message, can we pray? Is that cool? Can we do that? Why don't we bow our heads and close our eyes? Let's pray. Jesus, help us to know you. Amen. That prayer is short, but that, that's, that's all I want to do today. I want us, if we will, to have open hearts, open minds to maybe knowing Jesus a little bit better today than we did yesterday. Maybe we can know God. God the Father, Yahweh, a little better today than we knew him yesterday. Amen? So it's Palm Sunday. We're gearing up for Easter. This week is so fun, right? Today's Palm Sunday, which there, there was, I remember when I was a kid, we're in Sunday school and we do these little things. We get these little palms and we put them down and someone would dress up as Jesus and someone would dress up as a donkey and we'd, you know, go through, like, you know, doing the little princess wave or whatever. Thank you, thank you. Hosanna, Hosanna, right? So that's what today means. It's so fun. And then, and then Friday we have Good Friday, which, which signifies uh, Jesus is the day that Jesus died on the cross for our sins. And so it's called Good Friday, but it, it's kind of this dark, like deep, like sombering feeling. But it's good for us because of Easter. Amen? And so next week we have Easter, which is the, the, the greatest celebration probably that we can have as Christians, because that's the whole reason we're here. That's the whole reason we serve Jesus. Why? Because he died on the cross for our sins. Amen? And so it's super fun. It's super great. And we have all sorts of people that are coming out of the woodworks to come to church because it's Easter. And then we'll see them again on Christmas. And, 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 and we, we have all the, but no, it's good. It's good. It's good. A lot of people joke about that. But I'm saying, I'd rather have people come to church two days out of the year than zero. Amen? And so may, maybe, we can, maybe we can do something this next week where we invite our friends and we, they come and, and we bless, and we love on them, and we, they, we bless them, and God blesses them, and then maybe they stick, stick around this time, right? And, but, but it's cool. The, the thing I've noticed about Easter and like Christmas and all those types is people are more open and more receptive to God. People are deciding, oh, you know what? It's Easter. Maybe I'll go to church, right? You invite me. I'll go to church. So if you're ever going to invite a friend, this week is the week to do it. Because it's your best chances of them saying yes. Amen? Uh, so, so people are open to God. People like to talk about God. People are a little more shy about Jesus. But, but God is, is pretty universal. We, we can talk about God. But you know what I've noticed? A lot of people talk about God, but not many actually know him. Right? There, there's, there are many different religions 
in the world, some claiming to have the same God we do, some claiming to have many other gods, some claiming to have a bunch of different gods that they're just trying not to make, make angry this whole time. Some claim to be their own God, right? There, there's so many different things out there. And so it's, it's, it's a great opportunity for us to teach truth of who God is. But I, I was thinking about it, and the, maybe even the more dangerous thing and the more scary thing, or alarming, I would say, maybe not scary, but alarming thing is when we catch ourselves talking to other Christians, people who are Christ followers, and we suddenly realize midway through the conversation that we're not talking about the same God. Right, let me give you an example. So one time, Danielle and I went on this date one time. Like, we only go, went on one date. But anyways, so we went on this date, and uh, it was back in college. I don't remember what year it was. All I remember is we were in college. We were both broke, and so it was, it was a good time. So we went, it was some mall. I think it was like South Coast Plaza or Fashion Island, somewhere around there, because we went to college in Costa Mesa. But uh, So we, this is how a, a date for some college students balling on a budget look like. So we, we'd go, we'd get a, a, a cheap dinner, right? And, uh, and we'd, we'd act like we had all this money. Oh, yeah, go ahead, bring me the ice cream, you know, whatever. And, and, uh, and I'll have a dessert and an appetizer or whatever. And so we're eating this, eating this dinner, right? And then afterwards, we'd go and, and shop around. We'd go, we'd go shopping. And shopping for us was we'd go into these stores and look around and put some clothes on, and then we'd walk out with nothing. And... Uh, but we'd walk out with full hearts because, because we were in love and it was young and it was fun and it was, a, it was a good time. Amen? But one time we were doing this, our normal routine of walking in, pretending to buy a bunch of clothes and not actually doing it. And uh, we'd even try them on sometimes. Go to the, go to the changing room. Oh, yeah. Ooh. You know? Um, well, can't buy it. So, but anyways, there's this one time we were at, we were at a store in and Danielle and I kind of uh, got separated because she was uh, shopping in the girl section. I was shopping in the guys. And so... We're just chilling. This guy walks up to me, and he goes, dude, I like your shoes. Where'd you get those? If you know me, I like shoes a lot. So you talk about my shoes. We're cool. We're friends. So I was like, sweet. Hey, what's up? Yeah, I got these at, I don't even know where I got them. Um, but I told him at the time. And so we start talking. He starts talking about God. I was like, wow, this is awesome. You know? And then I say, oh, yeah, well, he asked what I do. And I was like, oh, you know, I'm a worship leader at uh, this church. And he goes, oh, no way. I go to this church. I was like, no way. And then he's like, and then I told him my dad's a pastor. And he goes, no way. My dad's a missionary. And I was like, no way. You know, and then, and then, and then he played football too. And he did all this and come to find out his parents' names are Tom and Annette. And no, I'm just kidding. But it felt like that, right? Like we we're, we we're, we are getting there, you know, and then coming around the corner is this Danielle and this other girl. And I was like, well, you met a friend too? Are you kidding me? This is the best day ever. And so this, this this lady walks over, and they're married. I was like, what are the gods, you know? And so so then the lady's like, I play soccer too. I was like, no way, you know? And, and the, the lady's like, I, I, I'm a kinesiology major, or I was a kinesiology major. And Daniel's like, no way, me too, you know? And we're like, we're best friends. This is awesome, you know? And, and while, while, while we were in college, we were like one of the only couples who were like seriously dating. So all of our friends were single, which is great. It was awesome. Uh, but it, we were looking for like a relationship with another couple, so we were like, "This is we hit the jackpot, you know. We had, we had a good dinner, tried on some great clothes, and now we're meeting these new people." And so we we get talking, and we decide that we're going to meet for coffee the next week. Yeah, let's take it slow, you know. Come on, you know, first date, let's take it slow. So, so we go to we go for some coffee, and before we go for some coffee, this guy calls me, and I was like, "What? He's calling me? We're like best friends, you know." So I answer the phone, "Hey, bud, you know, hey, bro, you know, what's up, bro, <laughs> you know?" And and he's like, "Hey, so before we go meet up, I want to just ask you, what's your financial situation look like?" And I was like, "Well, I'm in college, and I'm a worship leader. It's not good." So, 
he, he's like, he's like, okay, so he's like, I got a business opportunity for you. And I was like, oh, really? Okay, let's talk about that at Starbucks. I'm excited. I got a best friend and a job. Let's go. So, so we go and we go to talk to them. And when we walk in, they're like all like kind of secretive and like looking around. And I was like, is this a job with like the FBI? Like what's going on? Like I'm down. I've watched, you know, like CSI in Miami and stuff. So, so we're good. So I was like, okay, this is cool. So we walk up, they're all quiet, and then we sit down. Hey, so that business opportunity I was talking about, I was like, oh, we're jumping right into it. Let's go. And he pulls out this book. He's like, we want, you to read, we want you guys to read this book, and you'll be financially independent by the age of blah, 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 whatever. You'll retire by this age. I was like, that sounds awesome, you know? And then he keeps talking. I was like, okay, so what is it? What is this business opportunity? And they keep eating around the bush. And I was like, wait a second. You know, all of you guys queued in like, five minutes ago, but I was, I'm a little slow, so it's fine. So I, I was like, wait a second. You know, I was like 19, 20. I was just trying to, you know, I was just trying to, I was trying to do the thing. I was hoping that maybe one day we could buy the clothes in H&M, you know. So, so I was, so I, I was talking to this guy. I was like, oh, man. You know, I was like, okay, thank you. We take the book. We leave. And I was like, stupid, stupid. You know, and we're like in the car. Danielle's like, look what you did. We were so close to having friends. I was like, yeah, now we don't even have friends. And I don't have a job for, with this guy. So it's the worst. And so anyway, so I went home and I was like, all right, well, let's check this out. So I did some like Facebook FBI detective work. And so I started looking them up. Come to find out, his wife never played soccer, never went to Biola. And the guy never played football. His dad's not a missionary. And, and I don't even know if he goes to church. And so I, I was, like, really sad. I was, like, bummed. And I was, so I called him. I was, like, you can have your stupid book back, you know. And I went over and gave him the book. We're no longer friends. He's, like, yeah, I know. And I was, like, dang it, you know. So I was frustrated. I just lost my best friend, you know. Oh. So, so, so I uh, – so I give him the book, but then I start thinking about it, and as I was recalling the story, I realized that one of the first things we started talking about was God, and that was the thing that got, I was so excited. I was, going, I was at Bible college, I was a worship leader, everything in my life is about God, still is, it's awesome. <laughs> so I was like, you talk about God, let's go, let's get talking, right? But now I realize that we weren't talking about the same God, because my God doesn't lie and deceive and manipulate his way to a business opportunity. <laughs> So today, the goal, once again, is to know God, the real God, not the one that people reference in H&M for a business opportunity, <laughs> but the God who created the heavens and the earth, the God who delivered the Israelites out of Egypt, the God who sent his son Jesus to die on the cross to save our souls. I want to know that God. Amen? So I have three steps. Everybody say three steps. I do that with the youth, so if I tell you to say stuff, just say it back. It helps me feel good, okay? <laughs> All the youth are like, three steps, you know? Uh, on, on Wednesday, they're wild. Right now, they're quiet because they're trying not to embarrass themselves in front of their parents, but it's cool. We know who you are. Uh, number Three steps to know God. Number one, know his name. To know anyone better, we probably should start with their name. I use, this, I use this example to our youth because I talked about a similar topic a couple weeks ago. I use this example. So let's say Danielle and I are married because we are, so that's cool. Um, and we're having a baby. Let's go. Uh, hey, God is good. Hey, I, it's crazy. The last time, last time I spoke, you, you guys were walking through some pain with us. 
walking through something that was 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 tough for us, and now we get to rejoice together. How cool is that? God is good. So, on that note, let's say someone walked up to me and be like, how long have you and your wife been married? I say, three and a half years, going on four. They say, what's her name? I said, I don't know. We, that part, kind of, we, we haven't gotten there yet, you know? They'd be like, you don't know your wife's name? No. I have no clue. You know, but some of us have been three, four, five years in a relationship with God, don't know his name yet. Right? Someone's like, what, what's their name? I guess we never got that far. Well, it looks like you didn't get very far at all, you know? <laughs> like, like what, what if I didn't know my wife's name? How, you guys would automatically question how deep our relationship is. So, so the first step in knowing God better is what? To know his name. Let's be introduced to God. Amen? So turn your Bibles to Exodus 3. Verse 13, and we're going to go to verse 15. So, backstory on this scripture. This is, while you're turning there, this is where Moses sees the burning bush. Which he lived in a desert, so a bush burning up probably wouldn't have been weird. But what got him to double take is that the, the bush wasn't like crumbling. It wasn't even necessarily smoking. It was just burning. And it stayed there. And he's like, wow, this is a cool party trick. Like... <laughs> So he went out, and, he ta- and the bush starts talking to him. Talk about weird. He's like, what's going on, you know? And uh, so the bush starts talking, and it's, and it's God. And this is what they start having this conversation, and God's asking him to go and free the Israelites from Egypt, a partner with him in that. In verse 13, then Moses said to God, if I come to the people of Israel and say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you. Stop there. The, so basically what Moses is saying here, the God of your fathers, he's saying maybe it's not adequate enough for me to go to the Israelites and say the God that your father knew, the God that was, that was important to your grandparents has sent me, right? So he says, if I come to the people of Israel and say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you, and they ask... What is his name? What shall I say to them? Stop there. So he says, what's his name? Why is this so important? One, because he thinks it's not adequate enough to just say the God of your fathers. He wants a name. We also can't forget that Moses grew up in Egypt. And in Egypt, there was many, many, many gods. And they all had names. And so for Moses to walk back in to a plate, to Egypt, to, to bring that, he says, I need a name. I want a name. Because there's many gods in Egypt, and I want them to know who you are, right? So he says, what shall I say to them? And God says to Moses, I am who I am. Or in the original Hebrew, it's translated to Yahweh. That's the name he says. I am who I am. And he said this. Say this to the people of Israel. I am has sent me to you. God also said to Moses, say this to the people of Israel. The Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has sent me to you. This is my name forever. And thus I am to be remembered throughout all generations. I am who I am. Yahweh is is what that, that word was. Moses asked God, what's your name? And he replied, Yahweh. Now we know his name, but, old, but names in the Old Testament Hebrew culture weren't just names. Someone's reading the Bible out loud up back there. Amen. I feel it. I thought God was talking to me in my ear. I was like, I, 
<laughs> I said, dude, I can't multitask like that, Lord. Wait. <laughs> All right. We're, you want to pray again? No, I'm just kidding. Hey. Okay. Okay. So, so we, we're there. We know, we know God's name. God's name is Yahweh, right? But names in the Old Testament Hebrew culture weren't just names. It's not like Brett. I have no clue what Brett means. It's got two T's. The second one's silent. It's Brett, right? It's cool. We have, we have, but in Old Testament, when someone had a name, that was like, if you could describe yourself in one word, that's your name. Let me give you some examples. Abram, who later you know as Abraham. Abraham me, Abram means exalted father. Abraham means father of a multitude. So Yahweh changed Abram's name because he had something more in mind for him. So Abram was already named exalted father. And he says, no, 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 I'm going to take that a step further, and you're going to be a father of many. You're going to be a father of a nation. So your name's now Abraham. Another example, Jacob. Jacob's name translates to heel holder or supplanter. Basically like a, like, like a thief, like a mischiever, like a mischievous little kid type of a thing. That's what Jacob meant. Sorry, Jake. But, uh, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, so, but it was true. J- Jacob, in the Bible, he's stealing inheritances. He's doing, he's doing all, sto- all sorts of shady things. And we wonder why he's like one of the main characters in the Old Testament. But then we, we go on to the next part. And Jacob wrestles with God. He's in this kind of, what some of us do sometimes, right? And it's good. It's okay. We, we need to wrestle sometimes with God. Well, why are you saying this? Why is this, why is this happening? Right? And then God changes Jacob's name to Israel, which means wrestles with God. <laughs> so God says, I'm going to describe you in one way, that you wrestle with me. And I'm okay with that. Because I'm going to name a whole nation after that. In fact, it will be the story of the nation to wrestle with me. And I love that. Because at least we have a relationship. At least we're close. At least I'm chest to chest with you. Amen? Jesus changed Simon's name to Peter, which means rock. Which in the moment made no sense. (laughs) Because he wasn't very rock-like, you know. But we later on see that it would be a perfect descriptor of who Peter was for the modern church. So, going back, what does God wish to be known as? If we ask God, which Moses did, if we ask God, hey God, if there was one word that you would wish to be described as forever, what would that one word be? And he would respond, Yahweh. Because names were so meaningful back then, God is basically telling us, this is what, if you had one word to describe me, say this name. I am that I am. He is who he is. Amen? Meaning that God wants to be known as a God of integrity. He'll never change. He's always the same. There are no hidden agendas. Right? He's open and honest with us, being faithful to all he's been. In verse 15 of this this passage that we were reading, it says, this is my name forever. Which God is basically saying, don't change my name. Which we see a lot in culture right now. A lot of people say God is a lot of things he's not. 
He's saying, my name is Yahweh, and that's my name forever. I, I don't have another name. Don't call me anything else. Call, th this is who I am. He says, don't call me what I'm not. I am that I am. I'm Yahweh, and I always will be. Which leads me to the second way to know God. So the first one is to know his name. That's a great first step. We're <laughs> maybe we're going on a first date with God now, right? We know their name. Number two, know his character. So we know his name. Now we know what he wants to be known as. But now the next step is to know who God is or who Yahweh is, really. It's like any relationship. We can know someone's name. We can know a lot about them. We can know what they wish to be known by. But until we know their character, we don't really know who they are. It was like my best friend that I lost a couple years ago at H&M. I, I, <laughs> I thought I knew. I thought I knew. <laughs> I, don't, I, I can't remember his name, to be honest now, because I'm so upset. <laughs> but I thought I, I, I got the name. I got what they wish to be known by. But once I got to the character point, it didn't add up. So then, what happened? I forgot their name. How many times have we been let down by others or ourselves when the character and the name don't match? And when the character and the name don't match, the name doesn't mean anything anymore. Let's turn our Bible to Exodus 34. Verse 6 through 7. Backstory on this while you, while you switch, while you change there. This is Mo Moses on Mount Sinai, and he asks God, show me your glory. He says, I want, I want to see you. I'm going to have a relationship with you. And God says, you know, you can't see me face to face, but I'll, I'll pass by you. So the Lord, or Yahweh, passed before him and proclaimed, the Lord, the Lord, or Yahweh, Yahweh, a merciful and gracious, a God merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness, keeping steadfast love for the thousands, or in some translations it says thousands of generations, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin, but who will by no means clear the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children and the children's children to the third and fourth generation. So right here we get and I don't know why I don't reference this scripture enough, because it's literally God telling us exactly who he is. This is my, he says, here's my name, and then a couple chapters later, this is my character. This is who I am. And, and you can fact check that through the whole Bible, and it's true. That's who he is. Yahweh's character is that of grace and mercy. Grace and mercy. When I was a kid, I thought grace and mercy meant the same thing. You know, Lord, have mercy on me. Lord, have grace on me. That makes sense. Lord, gracious God, merciful God. But mercy is withholding a punishment that we deserve. Mercy is saying, like, you deserve this, but I'm going to take that from you. It's okay. And grace is on top of that saying, hey, I'm going to, mercy is, I'm going to take this away. And grace is saying, like, well, after I take that away, here's, I'm going to give you this. So, so mercy is taking away something that we do deserve. And grace is giving us something that we actually don't deserve. But he gives it anyways. And the next part says he's slow to anger, meaning that it takes a while for him to get there because he's patient and he's a loving God. But if he needs to, he will get angry for the purpose of love. 
God's anger is righteous, ours usually isn't. <laughs> so this is why we have such a hard time imagining God angry. Like we, we read that scripture, God's angry. No, it's not. Anger is a sin. For us it is. But for God, because God is love, everything he does is love. So even his anger is love. It's a purposeful anger. It's not a sinful anger like ours is. It's un- some, some of you might be like, I'm uncomfortable with this idea of God being angry. But it's in the Bible. It's true. The idea that God can be angry doesn't make him less loving at all. It actually makes the love more powerful. Because even his anger comes from love. His love endures forever. Yahweh is never not loving you. He loves you all the time, no matter what. Even even his anger is love. Which brings the next part. Abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness. His love is constant. He's always there. He's available. And he always comes through. He doesn't forsake us or think about how to do things behind our back that could hurt us or harm us. God's love is forever, and it's faithful. Amen? He's a forgiving God. That next point says forgiving. It's in his nature. He wants to give you another chance. He wants you to succeed. He wants you to keep getting back up. He wants you to not be defined by your failures, but be defined by the righteousness of Christ. Right? He's a a forgiving God. It's in his nature. If you ever go to God begging for mercy, he will say yes. I promise. Because it's who he is. He can't not forgive you because he loves you. It's in his nature. Now we might be thinking, okay, what was up with that last part of the scripture? <laughs> right, the part where it talks about not, for, not clearing the guilty and visiting the iniquity of the father's children and children and children and children, right? And you're, you're thinking to yourself, like, I, that's not like that song, The Blessing, where it's like, your children and your children. You know, that's a nice song. This is talking about other things. I'm, what's that all about? That's my favorite song, you know. It was everybody's favorite song. Even all the radio stations' favorite song for a while. It's great. But anyways, Yahweh is Yahweh's not not saying that he's adamantly punishing all these people. He's saying that even though he forgives your sins, they still have worldly impact. Our sins don't go without consequence. I can't, I can't sin, 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 and not expect it to affect my family, even if God forgives me of it. Does that, does that make sense? I could be forgiven, and I could be guaranteed grace and go to heaven, but that doesn't mean that things that I've done don't have an effect, maybe even for generations and generations. It's like someone can sin their whole life. They can live a sinful, evil, evil life, and at the very end, if they're like, Jesus, I, I love you, and I, I surrender to you, they'll go to heaven. But it does not mean that the sins don't have any impact. They do. And that's what, that's what God is saying here. And sometimes they have impact for generations and generations and generations. And that's why, that's why we talk about, like, breaking generational curses. There's sin that, like, came over people's lives for generations, right? And we break those things, right, in Jesus' name. He'll give us every chance we possibly have to love him because he's a loving father. And that's what fathers do. Amen. And sometimes he lets things play out because that's also what fathers do. There's so many times in my life where I did something stupid and my dad's like, yeah, go ahead, you know. <laughs> he told me, like, okay, that's probably not a good idea. I'm like, dad, I'm really sure this is a great idea. All right, son, I'm with you, 100%. Let's do it. Knowing that I was going to fail. Why? Because maybe I have to learn my own lessons. 
right? He'll give us every chance we can possibly to love him and to follow him. But if we refuse and constantly mock him, like so many people in the world do, he won't withhold judgment. That's what he's saying. He's like, I'll give you every single chance you possibly can. But if at the end you still say, no, I can't withhold judgment from you. But his plan for us is to forgive us and let us be known by Jesus and Jesus' righteousness. Amen? Which brings me to my last point. So to know God, we must know his name. We must know his character. And number three for today is we must know his son. Now, this is really the main point of inspiration behind this message. I read this book called God Has a Name by John Mark Comer. If you want a good read, read it. It's awesome. It's talking about this. It's basically this general topic put into a book. But this is the reason I, I wanted to share this today. Because somewhere along the line, maybe not, maybe not some of you, but maybe some of you, a lot of society thinks for some reason that Jesus and God are very different people. We think of God as this, like, vengeful, wrath-filled God who's, like, angry all the time, and we're just avoiding lightning strikes from him. Right, who's ever heard, heard that? Like, oh, don't lie, he's strike you dead right now. Anybody ever heard that? When did, <laughs> what? When did we ever think our lives were just supposed to be not making God mad? That's not it. But we think God is this God who's vengeful and wrathful and he's angry and he's smiting people and all this kind of stuff. And then Jesus is his hippie son who comes and wants to give everybody a hug and kombucha and avocado toast and, and, you know, and rub each other's feet. And, right? It's like somewhere along the line we, got, we think that Jesus is saving us from God. Somewhere we forgot that Jesus and Yahweh are the same God. The same. His name is what? I am that I am. Meaning that every expression of God is the same too. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, I am that I am. All of them. Jesus' character isn't different from Yahweh's. He's Yahweh in human form. John 5, and 23 says, For the Father judges no one, but has given all judgment to the Son, that all may honor the Son just as they honor the Father. Whoever does not honor the Son does not honor the Father who sent him. So if we know Jesus, we will know God. Because they're the same. Jesus died for us, shedding his blood, taking a death that we didn't deserve. And we, see, we talk about this story, and it's this grace-filled story. It's our salvation. It's so, so good. But you know what it is? It's a promise in Genesis 15 fulfilled. It, it, it was a covenant made with Abraham that he fulfilled years later. Let, let's turn there. Let's go to Genesis 15. We'll, we'll talk about it right here. As you turn there in your Bibles, here, here's the backstory. So, so this is Abraham. Before he was Abraham, his name's Abram. Everybody say Abram. All right, we're good. Just check it. Make sure we're all still engaged. Abram and God are, Abram and Yahweh, let's call him by his name. Abraham, Abram and Yahweh are making a covenant. 
So Abram's telling God, like, I don't have any son. I don't have anybody to carry on my inheritance. It's just going to be someone from my house. And, and, and Yahweh says, no, you will have a son. Actually, in fact, you'll be a father of the nations. He says, okay, this is cool. And so they do this thing. It's kind of weird. Old Testament's a little bit weird. Are we cool with weird? I'm a little bit weird, so we're cool. But they do, they do this thing. It, it was an old covenant ritual. So they, they take, so Yahweh instructs Abram to start, set up this ritual. So what they do is they take a bunch of animals, they cut them down half. <laughs> and they split the animals line by line like this. So animals cut in half. So if you can imagine, there's like this pathway of blood in between. And animals lined up like this. And so what they would do back in the day is to, to, to promise this covenant, they would walk like this. Pass through this row of this pathway of blood. They'd pass through like this. Basically signifying that if either of us don't hold up our end of the bargain, lay us down at the end next to these animals. So, Yahweh tells Abram to set this up. Set it up, man. We're going to do this. It's going to be awesome. And Abram's like, yes, let's do it. You know? I kind of imagine like a, like a Peter type thing. Yes, I'll serve you forever. I got this. You know? So they set it up. And then, as night falls, Abram goes to sleep. Now let's read. Verse 17. When the sun had gone down and it was dark, behold, a smoking fire pot and a flaming torch. Those things are, are, are a symbols of the Spirit of God. So, so think about God when I say those things. So when the sun had gone down and it was dark, behold, Yahweh passed between these things, these pieces. On that day, the Lord made a covenant with Abraham, or Abram, saying, To your offspring I give this land. From the river of Egypt to the great rivers of the Euphrates, the land of the Kenites, the Kenizzites, the Canaanites, and all these other names, and the Jebusites. I skipped over those names. You don't, whatever. They're in the Bible. Read them. <laughs> I've read this scripture about a hundred times, but I've always skipped over it because it didn't, it didn't make much sense to me. Right? Why are we cutting animals in half? And why are we going to sleep? And why are pots and pans running through it, right? <laughs> like, what's, what's going on? So I was like, I always just thought, like, okay, God made a covenant with Abram. That's cool. But basically what Yahweh, is, what Yahweh did, he, he set up this covenant where he's like, hey, just like everybody else says, we're going to walk through this, and we're going to promise that if anybody doesn't hold up their end of the bargain, lay us down, cut in half at the end of this line, just like all the other animals. And you know what Yahweh does? He puts Abram to sleep, and then he shows him, I'll walk through it by myself. He tells him, <laughs> he tells him, you don't even have to hold up your end of the bargain, and I'll still bless you. And he says, in fact, even when you don't hold up your end of the bargain, because you won't, it'll be my blood that's spilled, not yours. Right? And then we see the story of Abraham and Isaac. God says, Abraham, sacrifice your son. What? This is the son you gave me. But Lord, I trust you. So he walks up and he goes and, and just as about he's to sacrifice Isaac. God, there's a, there's a ram in the thicket. So he goes, a sacrifice. One to take the place of Isaac. So there's two instances in the story of Abraham where God basically tells him what's going to happen in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. He says, you're going to mess up for generations and generations and generations, but I'll still walk through and I'll still be the one to shed my blood even when it was your fault that this covenant wasn't kept up. 
right? He says, nothing that you can do will withhold this covenant. I don't need you to fulfill this covenant. I'm going to do it by myself because I love you. And then we walk into church thinking that we have to be a certain way to belong. No, you don't. Come as you are. Right? That's the gospel of Jesus is that we didn't do anything to deserve it. We didn't even walk through the covenant line. Yahweh is showing and telling Abram that he doesn't even have to hold up his end of the deal. He said, I'll pass through it and I'll shed my blood. He's projecting and he's showing him that one day Jesus will take the punishment for not only Abram's sins, but all of human sins. So you know what I noticed this week? The gospel of Jesus Christ is in Genesis 15. We always, we always think it's in, it's in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. It is. It is. It totally is. But, but for us, we, we think that Jesus is here and God is here. Jesus and God are here the whole time. The Word was, in the beginning, the Word was God, and the Word was with God, and the Word became flesh. Right? This whole time, we thought we had to wait to hear the good news until the New Testament when it was all the way back in Genesis, the first book of the Bible. Some of us are waiting for good news to arrive. God, when is that good news to arrive? But it's been spoken over us for generations and generations and generations. We're looking to the future. Where is this good news? And it's written back in Genesis in the first book. You don't have to wait for God to bless you. You don't have to wait for the covenant to be fulfilled. You don't even have to play your part. God says, I'll walk through it without you and I'll bless you. And if you want to be with me in heaven, all you have to do is believe. And I think when he said that, he thought it'd be pretty easy. Like, come on, hello. Like when I read this, it blew me away that like New Testament Jews, not all of them believed in Jesus. What? You, what? He literally told you in Genesis 15 what was going to happen. And then it happens exactly how he said it was going to happen. And we still don't believe. Man, what an unfaithful group of people that we are sometimes. Oh, well, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Just believe. Whatever God said, it's going to happen. Amen? Whatever God promised you, it will happen. Whatever God called you to. This, this is funny. We're always saying, I, I just wonder what God's calling me to next. I wonder what God want me, wants me to do. Maybe he wants you to go back to Genesis. Go back to the first calling that you never filled and say, do start there. Just do that. I've already called you to something. And you forgot. You forgot my name. You forgot who I am. You forgot about my son. Whatever you need in life, he's already said it. He's already done it. He's already provided it. And he'll do it again. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. So know his name. Why? Because I want to be in relationship with him. I can't, I can't be in relationship if I don't know his name. And his name is the one thing he wants to be known by. Second, know his character. Why? Because if I really know him, I'll know who he is. Third, know his son. Why? Because his son is just him in human form. And so I want to say, once and for all, that Jesus did not come to save you from God. He came to save you from you. And so if you don't want to live a life as a wretched sinner, always trying to make it on your own strength, you could say, Jesus, save me from me. 
Because I know if my will was done, <laughs> it wouldn't end up all that great. Not that not that we're bad people. Not that we're not that we're inherently mean. But we we live in a fallen world. It is what it is. God, we we oftentimes think this, and I've thought this. So don't raise your hand if you've thought this. But <laughs> we think that God is like sending us on this trajectory to hell, and all of a sudden Jesus comes in and saves him from his mad dad. Dad, please don't. And then we get to go to heaven. No, we sent ourselves on a trajectory to hell. And God sent Jesus to pick us up out of that. Right? He's saying that, look, 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 that covenant that we were supposed to make, I told you you don't have to do anything. (laughs) Right? I walked through it. I shed my blood. I love you. God loves you and he'll never stop. He'll walk through that pathway without you and he'll shed his blood to save you. Here's another thing I want to say. God's promises are fulfilled, not because you do anything, because he wants to fulfill them. So maybe you're going through a tough time. Maybe maybe things don't line up. And you're wondering, what do I have to do for God's promises to be true in my life? Nothing. They are true. Look back to what God said about you. And those things are true, and they're happening. Right? We just have to be open to who Jesus is and to receive it. Amen? So accept the gift, step into the promise, answer the call. God is who we need him to be, and he always has been, and he always will be. Why? Because his name is Yahweh. He is who he is. In in the Lord's Prayer, it says, Our Father in heaven, holy is your name. Check this out. So, I am that I am. That, That points towards integrity. Integrity, the root word of integrity is integer, which means whole. When when we look at the word perfect or holy, they also translate to another word called complete. And so when we say our Father in heaven, holy is your name, holy literally is his name. Yahweh, I am that I am. I'm whole. I'm everything that you've ever wanted me to be. And I'm everything you ever will need. And there's no, there's no hidden agenda. There's no dark side. There's no, there's no thing that you don't know. I am who I am. Amen? Let's pray. Jesus, we love you. We thank you so much for who you are. Lord, we thank you that you bless us. Lord, that you, you love on us. That your, your promises are true for generations and generations, God. And we pray today, Lord, that you would help us to know you better, to know you more. God, we love you. We give you all the honor and all the glory. In Jesus' mighty name. Everybody said? Thanks for listening to the South Coast Christian Podcast. We appreciate those who give on a regular basis to South Coast because through your giving, we are able to provide these resources. For more information about South Coast, including service times and ways to give, please visit southcoastchristian.com. And if you haven't already, please subscribe to this podcast. Thanks again, and may this week be filled with new opportunities where you can receive and share God's love.